Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Woohoo! We are wrapping up 2022, our last episode of this year. Today, we are going to talk about one of the things and practices that I have really come to embrace probably later in life than a lot of you, although I suspect there are some of you who still don't do this, and I want to encourage you and advocate for it today. And what is that one thing? I'll tell you what that is in just a minute. All right, we are back today to talk again as we wrap up this year, 2022. I just wanted to take some time to really do a pretty casual podcast today. Hopefully, it's one that you can exhale through. But as we are wrapping up a year and looking to the year ahead, I have a a big dare for you to participate in a brand new series as we launch into 2023 next time. But for this one, I just wanted to talk about the power of journaling. And for some of you, you hear that and you immediately say, stop, I will listen to a different podcast today. (laughs) I want to encourage you, stick with me, hang with me, because I think that there's something really powerful here, an opportunity for you. And I really feel like what we're seeing, especially on social media, but I also believe pervasively in the culture, in the larger culture, we are seeing a need for people to have safe places to process what they're feeling. And I'm just going to say, I don't think yelling and screaming each other is beneficial to that end. I'm sure you would probably agree with that. But I do think that there are ways that we can go about processing what's in our head, the conflicts, the challenges, just the raw feelings that we're going through. I think that it is reasonable, and I believe it's good for us to find a way to process through all of the pain and all of what we're all going through here, the loss, um, of course, the celebrations, of course, the adventures, of course, the good times as well. But we need to find a way to do that healthier. I really believe that what we're seeing, whether it's the some of the crazy outlandish, dare I say, inappropriate posting that we see out there on social media, but also just the way that we're coming to speak to each other in public. You know, we've just made it through another holiday season, and I will confess that I have witnessed more than one remarkably inappropriate public conversation, Um, accusations between two people who were relative strangers, I believe. We don't even know how to talk to each other anymore, but I really believe it's because we have all this bottled up inside of ourselves, and we don't know what to do with it. 
Now, as believers, I believe we we do know what to do with it. I just don't think we are. <laughs> I think we know what we should be doing, but I believe in many instances we've gotten caught up in what the culture's doing, and instead of processing in a healthy way, instead of processing through prayer, which I would suggest to you is the healthiest possible way, we actually process like the world does, which means we post. And I just believe that that's really dangerous for us. I think it it makes us, it reveals vulnerabilities. I do not think it strengthens us. And I think it can even hurt us when we're daring to put out our feelings, where we are, our hurts, like I said earlier, our losses, our challenges, and we're not taking them to God first. And so that's what I want to advocate for today, and that is that we would dare as believers to not put it all out there. Now, I understand that there is this drive, there is this value in culture that you put it out there in front of everybody in an effort to be real. And I just want to argue, again, there's several things I'm going to argue today. There is a huge difference between being real and being wise. I am not suggesting at all that you participate in the posturing that happens on social media or the illusions that happen on social media where people only ever put the best out there. It seems like we have two extremes, people who build these illusions of what their life is like, and it's always great, and it's always perfect. Or there's the other side where everything's raw and awful and terrible, and I'm just wanting to keep it real. And I just believe that neither of those two extremes is good for our souls. And we are supposed to be participating in the guarding and the protection and the nurturing of our souls. And so I'm going to suggest today something biblical, something timeless, and that is that we dare as believers to take it all to the Lord in prayer. There's a beautiful old psalm that talks about that very thing, that we take it to Him. In First Peter, we're admonished to cast all our cares upon them. Jesus invited us to come, unto, come to me, all you who labor and are, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So His invitation is not a social media platform. It's not run out to the world and air it or confess it, or share it, right? It's, it's come to me. And I believe that one way that we can do that, which is safe, and I would suggest relatively simple, is through journaling. And so that's what I want to talk about. And you might want to jot some things down today. You might want to give journaling a second look. I will confess to you that I thought I knew what this was. I thought that journaling rightly or correctly, I thought there was a right or a correct way to do it, meaning you had to do it every day at the same time. I don't find that that is workable for me. And I'm going to give some more practical tools at the end, but I just want to go through basically uh, a why, what, how, when, and where basic outline for today as we talk about this. And so first of all, I want to talk about why I think it's a good idea for us as believers to dare to journal. 
And one of the things that I think is the most helpful about it is if you journal, my husband actually does his journaling on Evernote in a bullet point form. I prefer the old-fashioned way of a pen and paper, and I have a set of little notebooks. They're only 60 pages long, so the big thick ones don't work for me. But I like just literally sitting down and starting in with my journal. And one of the things that I think is so powerful about journaling is it makes me slow down. It makes me be still. It makes me listen to what's going on between my ears. It helps me to process, to think through things, to consider things. It's very cathartic to sit and write out your thoughts or your concerns or your, your celebrations, or your goals, or your dreams, or things that nobody else knows about, just to get it out of your head. Because I'm just going to tell you that your enemy works on those losses, and those uh, unmet expectations, and those hurts, those things that nobody else on the planet knows about. The enemy works in those, and he works to take us captive and to plant seeds of doubt and despair and depression and discouragement. And I have found it has been my experience, and I think that you would find this to be true. When you just dare to take those to the Lord in a journal, just write it out. And I will say this too, you know, I've, I've been honored to have the opportunity to speak across the country and even in several countries around the world. And one of the things that has been the most common everywhere I go to speak is women will characteristically ask me how to pray, that they don't know how to pray. And we'll have a whole podcast on that sometime in the near future. But suffice it to say, I think one way that it's very helpful if you really want to grow your prayer life and you want to learn what it's like to communicate with your Heavenly Father, to really lay it all out before Him, I really believe journaling is a great way to practice doing that. And I think journaling alongside of a tool like the Valley of Vision, which is a a resource, it's a collection of Puritan prayers, which I use every day in my daily quiet time, but along with reading those every day in a liturgical fashion, meaning it's part of my quiet time rhythm. I'm reading through a different one of those prayers. So I'm having this beautiful model of a beautiful prayer. And then I am taking my journal, and in my journal, I am practicing that same thing from what I'm learning. I think that's a great thing to do. Now, not my journals are not just filled with prayers. They almost always end in prayer. Sometimes they begin there. But often I'll just you know write about you know, what's going on in our lives. So, um, but often they end in a prayer. And for those of you who struggle to know how to talk to your Heavenly Father, sometimes it's easier to write it out than it is to um, verbalize it, and then it can grow your actual verbal prayers. So I really believe it helps to think through and process, and it can bring healing to your soul. Um, It often, when I it's going to sound like this all the time. It's not all the time. Many times when I'm journaling, I will something will come out that I, I'm just it surprises me. I'm like, oh wow, I I did not realize that. Sometimes I'll cry. Sometimes I'll laugh. But I find them very cathartic to and healing to actually put things on paper. 
I, ro- I record things. I record my own personal struggles, my challenges, my trials, and God's faithfulness. Uh, I am astounded and astonished how often I will bring something and He shows up in big and small ways, in, in ways that I cannot deny are Him, ways that don't make sense. I mean, for example, I remember this last year, I was at a conference somewhere and it was one of those conferences where I had I drove and the venue was not attached to the hotel, which meant that I had to drive to the venue with all of my stuff. And literally, I think I had to park 100 yards from the venue, which that's fine. I don't mind walking. But the moment, and this is no exaggeration, the moment I parked my car, it started raining like you would not believe. And here I was dressed to walk in and speak. I did not have a raincoat. I did not have an umbrella. I had a briefcase. I had a box of handouts. I was not even remotely prepared for the flood. And I am sitting there in the car and I'm like, okay, God, like I need to get inside and not look like something that the cat drug in. And literally, as I was praying that prayer, a man knocked on my door where I'm sitting. I don't know this person. I knocked on this door and said, would you like a ride to the front? Yes, I would like a ride to the front. I mean, that's God meeting a need. And so I wanted to make sure that I wrote that down. And that's the power of journaling is I can make notation of when God comes and answers prayers in remarkable ways that I never could have predicted, but I needed, you know, and and I think it's important to record his faithfulness. I record milestones and accomplishments, hopes and dreams, both realized and not realized, And I just find, again, that journaling helps me to clear my head. It really helps me to process things that I really need to process, but that I need to process with Him. I don't need to process with another person. And that is one of the other dangers that I think we can all see on social media is that there are many things that are being put out on social media that really don't belong in the public space that really would be better handled and better dealt with and, frankly, better solved and healed if they were done far more privately than they are being done because of the social media platform. So I'm going to continue on with what, some more of what, how, and when, and some examples of some great benefits of journaling right after this. Okay, so as we continue on, the other things that I put in my journal are just the day-to-day. So this last October, my husband, it was our first empty nest month for my birthday, and we just planned a glorious month of celebration. We had all kinds of adventures. We went on a train ride, and we went hiking, and we went to see grandkids, and we went to see kids, and we went to soccer games. We went to a speaking engagement. I mean, we had a great month. We went to fall festival. We picked apples. I mean, we had a great month, and I didn't want to forget all of the glorious things that we did, so I just wrote all of that down and all of my impressions and the people that we met. In fact, just as a caveat, we went camping on one point of the My Birthday Month celebration, and God in His goodness 
crossed our paths with this couple, and they were just so utterly inspiring. We maybe spoke to them, I think, maybe 15 or 20 minutes around a campfire. And just those 15 or 20 minutes, I think, have already had such a remarkable influence on the way I'm thinking about life. I mean, these this couple was they were just incredible. And and so yeah, I wanted to write that down and keep that. I also in my journal, I have a lot of wrestling in my journal. And if you've listened to me at all, I am by nature a wrestler. I know some of you are more by nature resters. I am more of a re- a wrestler although I've made progress in the wrestling. I now have a goal of wrestling to rest. I used to just have a goal of wrestling to wrestle and to prove that I could win, but I'm not there anymore, so I'm going to count that as progress. But a lot of my journal space is held up with wrestling and you know, the whys of life, the how longs of life, the what if, the doubts, the trials. And very often those very things turn into prayers and petitions and praises and even often confession because I can see his provision and his answers. And as I dare to, like I've said, process it through in my journal, I see more and more of him. And I'm just so grateful. For me, I usually journal early in the morning, just about usually after my quiet time. And it it often will key off of something either in my scripture reading my devotional or in my prayers that I've read that morning. And it's just a really, really great way to start the day. Sometimes I will journal about a podcast that I've listened to or a Bible study I've been to. Sometimes it's a book I've read or something I've heard on Sunday morning in the sermon. So now I want to move on to how. So I mentioned a little bit about this earlier. I used to have these grandiose impressions about what it looked like to journal, like all the writing had to be perfect and no spelling errors and no grammatical errors. And if you were a really good journal journaler, you had different colored markers and you drew pictures. Well, none of that's true for me. I have a favorite pen. I have a favorite little notebook. About the most extravagant thing I do in terms of my journals is as I work through a journal. I collect stickers at different, I mean, literally cheap stickers as I work through a journal and I stick them on the outside of the journal. I mean, that's about as exciting as my journals get in terms of decorative. But some people get really great at that. I have a friend who is an excellent artist and she always draws something beautiful in her journal. So comparing mine with hers would be a pretty hands-down winner for her. It doesn't matter, right? It's not to me about the art. Hers is, part of her journaling is her art. That's part of how she journals. Another thing I used to think about journaling is I thought it had to be every single day and for two or three pages. My journaling is what it is. It may be a couple of sentences. Today, it may be a paragraph. It may be pages. It may be bullet points. My whole objective is to get it out of my head because when I can get it out of my head onto the paper, it's for me a way of laying it out before the Lord. And so I've done it a variety of different ways. And I'm just going to say, I want to try to set some of you free from the bondage of thinking there's only one right way to do this. 
Again, some people do it with illustrations or doodles or neither. Some people use colored markers. I really think none of that matters as much as starting. I have one of my, I actually have two sons that are artists, but one of them is always teasing me because I'm a wannabe artist and he's always telling me, mom, you just got to get started. You just got to start somewhere. And I will confess, I have not started being an artist yet, but I have started being a journaler. And so what I want to invite you to do is just start somewhere, however you want to. And it may be as as you progress, as you get the hang of this, as you incorporate this into your daily rhythm, you may find that you add doodling or coloring or whatever it is, but you don't have to do it to begin with. And I think that keeps a lot of us from doing it at all, is thinking we have to do it a certain way. So how you do it is literally up to you. And then similarly, when you do it is up to you too. Like I've said, I usually do mine in the morning just as a matter of my rhythm when I'm here at home. But I've done it on planes, trains, and in automobiles. I mean, I have done it in all different circumstances, again, around the world. I have journal entries from when I was in China, from when I've been in Kenya, the Philippines, when I've been on a plane across the Atlantic or the Pacific, when I've been on trains across Europe. So none of that you know, matters. One of the reasons I like my little Muji journal that's only 60 pages long is I can very easily tuck it into a purse and it doesn't weigh a ton, right? It's very portable. But I love to do it whenever about whatever. Again, the whole idea is to get all of this swirl, all of this in my head, to lay it out before the Lord in my journal. So I think further, another thing that I would encourage you to do is to get your kids to do this. And so if you journal as a family, like we used to do when the kids were here, I tried to get them to do it every day. And I think, I'm trying to think it through now, I I think at least five of the seven journal, and I think it's actually more like seven of the seven, but you know, it, it just looks so different for all of them. I wonder how they would answer that question. I might have to ask them that later. But as a habit, teaching your kids also to lay it out before the Lord and to get their thoughts out and to process this way is a true gift that you can give them. And you can just incorporate it if you're a homeschool mom like I was, just incorporate it into your homeschooling, right? Just have five minutes as you start your homeschool day. You can give them a topic or that you can say, why don't you write about the rainstorm yesterday? Or why don't you write about the field trip to the zoo we took yesterday? Or why don't you write about you know, the fact that you disobeyed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, or write a prayer of thankfulness because you have a new sister or whatever you want to do, but helping them learn what it looks like to journal. And moms, no red pens marking anything in your child's journal. This is a way to just help them get it out of their head and give them that safe space to process what's going on in their heart and their mind. And then if you really, it's a great tool to help your kids learn how to write. And I know for a lot of homeschool moms, that's a huge challenge is how do I get my kids to write? Well, one way is you can start just by journaling and it can be a time thing. It can be just two or three sentences, but giving this gift to your kids is a great gift that you can give them and you can do it together. So now I want to just advance for just a few minutes and talk about some examples 
in Psalms of some journal entries that I would suggest that we have in the book of Psalms, which may sound sort of strange to you, but... So spoiler alert, as we begin 2023, I'm launching a brand new M&M series that's Memorize and Meditate on God's Word, and we are going to have a passage from the psalm, one different passage every month, so a, a total of 12. And as we do that, we are going to be reading some journal entries, and I believe that what we have here is some examples of the psalmist really wrestling through some things. And you also realize that the Psalter is the original hymnal of the early church. They would sing through this. But one of the things that I find so powerful about the book of Psalms is how raw it is. I mean, you really hear the wrestle. And if you want to talk about real feelings, you've got them right here in the Psalms. And so I wanted to just look at a few today. This is not even close to an exhaustive list. But Psalm 3, I've got it right here in front of me. It's a a prayer of the morning of trust in God. Oh Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying to my soul, there is no deliverance from him and God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Do you hear just in those two brief verses, you hear the psalmist You know, he's just feeling like he's surrounded. I mean, this is a tight spot I'm in, God, but you, oh God, but you, oh God. And that's one of the beautiful patterns you'll see as we study the Psalms this next year. And I think it's one of the beautiful patterns that will emerge if you dare to step into this journaling is that you will see yourself go in and go, God, what in the world is going on? I I don't know how, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what you, what do you want from me, right? But if you'll dare to lean into this journaling, if you'll dare to start laying it out before Him, I really do believe you'll come to know Him better and it'll come around because one of the powerful things about journaling is you get to work through your feelings, which are not trustworthy, and work yourself back to the truth, which is the person of Jesus Christ. And so in this culture that is saying, give into your feelings, lean into your feelings, follow your feelings, trust your feelings, the Word of God says, yeah, no, don't do that. And so through this practice of journaling, you can work through your feelings. I'm not saying deny them, but let's work through them and let's get back to the truth. Again, if we look at Psalms 4, this is listed as an evening prayer. And this is also a Psalm of David. And he begins in verse 1, Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Again, do you hear him? He's beseeching God, please, please answer me. Please listen to me. Look, you and I can know that God always hears. Unless we are in practiced, dug-in, sinful behavior, God hears us. We know from Scripture that if we're practicing sin, He can't hear our prayers. But when we are pursuing Him, when we are walking in confession and repentance, He hears our prayers. And I can tell you that there have been journal entries of mine where I'm like, please, God, listen to me. Please answer me, right? And we see that here in the psalm. If you go over to Psalm 13, one of my most favorites, and one that I think we can all relate to, and for this is also a psalm of David, and he writes this, starting in verse 1 of Psalm 13, How long, O Lord? How long will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all day? How long will my enemies be exhausted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes. Again, an example of someone who's wrestling it through. He's wrestling it through. And these Psalms are here for our good, for our encouragement, that we can see that this great man of God, who committed great sin, we know that. But the thing about David was he was known as a man after God's own heart because he got what sin did. And sin separated him from God. And he repented. And you can read of that in Psalm 51. And we can use our journaling like David did to wrestle through back to our hope and our trust in who God is. As we wrap up today, I wanted to just draw your your attention to some great books based on journal entries. These are some of my favorites. You can look these up. Probably all of you are familiar with and have read The Diary of Anne Frank. Where would we all be in terms of our understanding of World War II and the terrifying oppression that the Jewish people were under if it weren't for the innocent teen entries of Anne into her diary? Very recently, Ellen Vaughn has written a book, and I think part two's due out, which I'm looking forward to having already read the first one. One, The first one was entitled Becoming Elizabeth, based on the life and the journals of Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot herself has written two biographies on notable individuals based on their journals. One is entitled A Chance to Die, on Amy Carmichael's life, and the second oh, was first, um, another one, in other words, is In the Shadow of the Almighty, which Elizabeth wrote based on the journals of her first husband, Jim Elliott, who was killed in South America. And then another one, more recently, is entitled Devotedly, which was written by Jim and Elizabeth's daughter, Valerie, She went through their journals and letters to each other, recounting their courtship and how they fell in love and how they eventually got married. I want to say that they were literally courting or getting to know each other or what, I don't know even what I would call that. It was seven or eight years of a time period. It was a really long time period, but that book is outstanding. All that to say... There's so much that we can learn for ourselves, and even in the instances here, Bonhoeffer also comes to mind, so much that we can learn when we dare to get it out from our head on paper and wrestle it through. And sometimes God uses it to encourage other people as He has me in these other works based on journal entries. So as you're looking Back on 2022, as you're wrapping that up, and as you're looking forward to 2023, I want to encourage you to consider beginning journaling. I believe it will be a blessing to you, an opportunity for you to really learn what it looks like to cast your cares upon Him, to lay it out before Him, to get to know Him, to call out to Him, to praise Him, and to really celebrate all that He has in store for you and for me in 2023. I'll see you next time. 
thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast.